Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God Launching Podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking to Anna Oliveira, and she is a, what she calls, she calls herself a matchmaker for VAs. And honestly, if you're looking for a VA, this girl is the one to talk to, because she has a totally different view on the whole VA relationship with you as an entrepreneur, because that's how she views it. It, it. There's a relationship between you and the VA and how important that is to find and train that perfect VA. Plus, she shares a lot of great stuff of how you go about hiring your VA. Uh, she shares a five-step um, process to do that. So you definitely don't want to miss that. And if you have any questions, just reach out to Anna. She's so lovely, and she'll help you. I'm pretty sure she'll find you a perfect VA. So let's dig into this episode and see if we can find you a VA. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar, and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. All right. Welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesker, as usual. And today I am joined with uh, Anna. Welcome, Anna. Well, thank you, Ken. Nice to be here. It's awesome to have you here. And uh, I can't wait to talk about, you know, um, hiring VAs because um, I feel like that's a stepping stone in your business. You really start taking things a little bit more seriously and you start outsourcing things. And that means that you can actually focus on, you know, the revenue activities, revenue generating activities. Um, So yeah, yeah, I can't wait to get into that. Yeah, for sure. And also like have fun because I yeah. feel like when we're starting out, we just feel like we have to do all these things and we all have been there where you have to work a lot and hiring a VA is kind of like allowing yourself to go back to the things that really excite you and that you do best. Yeah. So it's an exciting time. Exactly. Um, before we get into it though, uh, why don't you just start off by you know letting us know who you are, who you help and how you help them. For sure. So my name is Anna Oliveira, or how I say in English, Anna Oliveira. Um, <laughs> and I am, I call myself a matchmaker between uh, amazing VAs and freelancers from Brazil and entrepreneurs that need help and don't know how to start hiring. Because I know that process can be very challenging. Mm-hmm. You've been through it. I've been through it. And I've learned so much along the way. And I love to see my clients, um, especially like when I'm helping Americans and Canadians find a good VA. And it's such an easy and smoother process than just trying to like go to VA platforms and uh, interviewing 30 different people. (laughs) (laughs) So it ends up being very a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. I would maybe like to start off by, um, you know, you said that we kind of wear a lot of hats when you kind of starting out uh, or starting out business. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's easy to take on all the tasks ourselves, obviously, because we feel like that's what we have to. But I would assume that you have probably a different take on this and why it's a good thing to get somebody on board, you know, really early on in the business to outsource things. 
What are your thoughts on that? For sure. As we've heard before, <laughs> many places, like if you're doing the, the job that, is, that costs $10 an hour, mm-hmm. you're not really focusing on the job that will get you the revenue that you're looking for. So it's really easy for us to get into that trap of, you know, I can do this myself. It's going to only take five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, a lot of entrepreneurs, they are in that. And then they're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Um, and then they're not hitting those revenue goals and they don't know why, like, what are they doing wrong? And maybe it's not that they're doing anything wrong, but maybe because they don't have enough time and headspace mm-hmm. to focus on the connection to the audience, you know, improving their messaging, which are the things that bring the results most of any, most of all, and hiring a VA, even if you don't have a lot of things for them to do at first, just five, 10 hours a week. Mm-hmm. So they can get off your plate. Those just um, time fillers. <laughs> you can uh, definitely focus on what's going to bring the revenue in and what do you actually really like? Because we all start a business because we really like teaching or we want to help people, most of us. So you can go back to that and mm-hmm. not get lost in the process. Yeah. Cause I mean, starting a business, it's it's a lot of things we need to do that we maybe didn't even think about, didn't even know. So, sure. <laughs> and, and obviously there's tons of things we don't like to do. So yes. <laughs> focusing on our sonar genius is really key to having a successful business and um, having somebody else taking care of those, like you said, $10 uh, tasks is really useful. Absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. And what you said about you learn every day you learn something new that you should be doing (laughs) for your business. (laughs) And I feel like that continues forever. There will always be something you have to start doing, uh, something you have to learn more about. And even if you have somebody to help you learn about things you need to learn about, like I have my, one of my VAs um, do research and mm-hmm. summarize different tools that I, we can use for a particular project we're doing, uh, starting the podcast, for example. And they, because I also have a podcast, um, they, they, he outlined all the options we had to start a podcast. And I didn't have to go through pages and pages and read right. all the descriptions of tools. And I just had a summary of all of our best options. And uh, that's, that's a great use of time because you would, spend like hours on hours combing through you know comparing things and then it wouldn't generate anything yeah for sure and (laughs) in the end of the day your mind is just like right yeah (laughs) but that's a great example of how you can use a va though besides you know the usual things that we think when you know we think about graphics or editing stuff and you know those kind of things but like i said we're doing some research on on other stuff that you might need for your business i even saw the other day something that a va is actually offering on i think it's a fiverr and i thought it was genius as as a as an idea for vas but also for entrepreneurs uh this person she offers uh to do research for you for podcasts where you can pitch to go as a guest right so you submit the niche, your niche and what are you interested in? And they bring back like five options for you. You pay 10 bucks and everybody wow. was saying the best 10 bucks I've ever paid because now I yeah I can just apply to this podcast and try to be guests on. Yeah, I imagine all the time you would spend on trying to find a podcast that would be a good fit for you. And this is this person probably does a lot. So they know about a lot of podcasts and what would be a good fit for this and that. And yeah, exactly. And 
when you're doing just one thing, it speeds up the process. Mm -hmm. So you become an expert and who would know, like you'd have an expert on podcast research for you too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But that's what we're talking about. You know, when we're talking about business is, you know, niching down is so important and not being too broad and trying to capture the entire audience. So yeah, that's a great example of how you can niche down and be really good at one specific thing. I love that. <laughs> but, you know, hiring VAs is for a lot of people, I think a lot of people are scared just to think about hiring someone. Um, and let alone where you even find VAs. I know you, obviously you work with Brazilian VAs, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you go about, you know, finding a VA for someone? So, yeah, I see that can all the time. People come, my clients, because um, I work with entrepreneurs to help them find a VA. And they come to me and they're like, I don't want to go through the process. I just mm -hmm. want to ha have someone to make it easier because they didn't know how much work it can be to sort through portfolios and then schedule time to talk to different people. And even at platforms, you're receiving sometimes 10, 20, 30, 50 job applications. Mm -hmm. And to be able to like the research, you know, do the research on the candidates. It is a lot of work, a lot of time, and sometimes people don't know how to do it. So what I do is um, in Brazil, my company, uh, the service that I, I, I do for entrepreneurs is to connect them with my students. So I actually have a coaching program for VAs mm. and freelance professionals in Brazil, and I help them become the VAs and freelancers that um, international business owners are looking for. So I, me being an entrepreneur, I know exactly what I'm looking for. Yep. And I have a lot of networking with a lot of different people from different countries. And everybody wants almost the same thing, which is a self-starter, problem solver, um, organized, <laughs> um, good communicator, dependable mm -hmm. and reliable person that yeah. can get things done. <laughs> and that sounds like simple or a lot. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but it's usually a lot to yeah. try to find a person like that. And I was seeing that um, a lot of people were going through a lot of VAs and not finding the right person. So I decided to be that person to train the VAs as well. So when a client hires me to find a VA for them, I go through my list of students and people that from my networking in Brazil mm -hmm. that I know, and I bring at least three candidates for that client and I already bring them with their portfolios. They prepare a pitch. They do some research for the client, about the client. And I get them together on, I call it interview, but it's more of a briefing. Right. So they brief the client to know if they can help them and how can they, they can help them and how much they would charge. So mm -hmm. I also prepare the client to know what they're looking for. And also to know what to delegate. Because... Yeah. A lot of people, like what you were saying before, they know they need help, but they don't even know how to let somebody help them. Mm -hmm. They either don't know which tasks to delegate or how to organize the tasks to delegate. And that's another service we also help people with, which is creating processes, um, organizing your, your, your workflow. You know, how are you going, if somebody, something comes up, how are you going to create that? How are you going to actually delegate on a daily day-to-day -day life and for starting entrepreneurs that's so valuable and it also <laughs> cuts a lot of time from learning that from experience <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So yeah, that's what I do at first is connecting those three good candidates with the client, helping the client figure out what they want, what they need, and helping them also set up some questions for the interview. Um, so, you know, we, we do it together beforehand. Um, what are these characteristics that they really value? And mm-hmm. that really, yeah, it can, it can, um, it's a little bit different depending on the person. There's some people that really value, you know, communication and being, you know, being punctual and, you know, mm-hmm. following deadlines and some people, you know, they, they care about other stuff. And we adapt those needs into interview questions so they can actually find among those three candidates, which would be the best fit. And of course, energy. When you talk to someone yeah. and you just like talking to them, that also counts. Yeah. As, yeah. Obviously, it's a good thing if, um, you know, you have a good relationship and you kind of, like you said, you're a matchmaker. So if it's a good match, um, you know, the relationship of working together will obviously work out really well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people use, you know, VAs in Philippines. Uh, you obviously do Brazilian people. Uh, is there any difference between those two in terms of uh, culture wise and in terms of, you know, versus US, Canada, Europe? I know a lot of people are concerned about those kind of things because, you know, people are different and yes. they handle things differently. And, you know, mm-hmm. when things happen, um, mm-hmm. they re- respond differently. That's a great question because we actually started the coaching program because of that gap. Mm-hmm. between the cultures. So I have a lot of experience, you know, I came to the US uh, to do my degree. And I started my business here, actually, and started like in practice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I saw that there was a cultural difference. And that's where my coaching program really helps people in Brazil kind of know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, prepare themselves to work with clients, international clients. But for the most part, I haven't worked with too many um, VAs from the Philippines. I've heard really good things, um, but I haven't had the experience myself. Mm -hmm. What I know is one advantage of working with VAs from Brazil is the time difference. And that's the biggest complaint I have from people that work with people in the Philippines that the time difference is, I think it's 10 hours. Yeah, probably in the US. I I live in Norway. So for me, it's six hours. They're six hours ahead of me. So I'm kind of caught in between Brazil and Philippines anyway. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, that's really cool. I didn't know you were in Norway. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, the one thing is that the time zone for the US and Canada is a little closer. Yeah. Yeah, It's just one to four hours, depending where you are, east mm-hmm. or west coast. And also, Brazilian culture in a lot of aspects follows the American culture, mm-hmm. um, especially in business, because we model a lot of, you know, business culture and everything from the United States. Right. So it ends up not being that different how you treat people. Mm-hmm. And I think, I feel like, the one thing that I have to really prepare my students, my VAs, when they work with Americans and Canadians is about feedback. Yeah. Because I feel in Brazil, sometimes feedback is treated in a way where people are not very direct about it. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, Americans and Canadians, especially, they can be very straight to the point. They'll be like, I don't like this. I like this. I don't like that. Change this. And sometimes people can take it kind of personally. 
But right. I see yeah. that in in the U.S. as well. So Absolutely. I feel like I think I feel like it's more the relationship between VA and entrepreneur. I think that's mm -hmm. the change because he's not your boss; he's your he's your client, and you have to also like put some boundaries there if things are not going you know in a way that you like. And it's I think it's more about the relationship going from employee to mm -hmm. contractor. <laughs> well, that's actually a good way of you know uh, I. I might be wrong here, but maybe a lot of people see VAs as just this employee that they employ to do some stuff and mm -hmm. they don't see them as a, they're actually entrepreneurs themselves as well. Yes. They're running a business and, exactly. you know, the same thing goes for them as it is as for themselves. And, mm -hmm. but they kind of miss that. Or there's probably some kind of gap there that they don't really realize. For sure. So yeah, for VAs at first, they, they're still in that mindset of being an employee because a lot of yeah. people come from corporate and mm -hmm. uh, business, you know, regular employee environment. And for them to understand themselves as entrepreneurs, it also takes a while, even mm -hmm. especially about the relationship. Because um, I, me and my, my business partner and I, we also uh, do freelance projects, which has been really amazing. Like we do some Kajabi and launch setup for people. So uh, we, you know, build funnels, all that good stuff. And it's also serving great as research because we are being hired by people mm -hmm. and we are entrepreneurs and that's not the only way we make our money. So we see like how to connect with clients in the same way that we want our VAs to connect with them. So we're kind of like trying to pave the way of uh, creating processes to make it easier uh, for the VAs to create a good, healthy relationship with their clients. Mm -hmm. And there are, um, in fact, I don't know exactly about the US, but in Brazil, um, you cannot require a contractor or VA or freelancer to work during specific hours, for example, of the day, because otherwise they would be considered an employee. Mm -hmm. So it's more in a project-based kind of thing, even if people make deals, you know, behind the scenes of like, oh, I'll be available from these and these time. But um, entrepreneurs should be very aware that that's, you know, you shouldn't create that codependency as employee and employer. Yeah. <laughs> you should give people freedom because that's what people are looking for anyway. That is actually really true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we have deadlines and that's that's fine, but you don't have to like say that you need to work from 9 a.m. till 4 p.m., you know. Yeah. As long as the job gets done, that's all we ask for, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously, when you're hiring a VA, what are some of the things that we need to look out for uh, or what are some mistakes that we're doing or hiring a VA? That's a great question. I teach this great workshop where I teach people how to delegate, mm -hmm. called Delegate to Grow, because... Yeah, going from a solopreneur to hiring someone, it is a big step and um, you should prepare for it. So you don't, you don't, you know, add more stress into your life for something yeah, that that's what we're be. trying to avoid, <laughs> right? Because we're trying to hire someone to have less stress and yeah. then the whole process can be very stressful. So um, knowing how to delegate, first thing that I would tell people to do is write a list of everything that you do today in your business. Mm -hmm. So if you're by yourself or if you have somebody else, just write a list, be as thorough as you can. And then from that list, 
just, you know, circle or point out, highlight what are the things that only you can do mm-hmm. and not other people. Right. And if it's only you, not because you know something, but if, because it's your face, because, you know, you're writing something or whatever it is, it has to be really fundamental that you are there. Mm-hmm. And after you highlight those things, everything that's left on that list should be delegated. So <laughs> that is an easy way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that can be a lot, obviously. So Of um, course. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but obviously there's probably some things that, you know, could be outsourced before other things. Is there any common things that you see that people tend to delegate first before anything yeah, else? For sure. Yeah. From that list, of course, you'll, you know, sometimes it will take you a while until you can really delegate everything outsource well, everything. Obviously, yeah. So yeah, I, I would say get those points, the top, the things that, you know, somebody else could be doing that work for you and rate them from one to five, how important that they are mm-hmm. when generating revenue. Right. Okay. So any one particular thing, um, yeah, how important they are for your revenue and how time consuming they are. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes something is not super important. For example, keeping, you know, your bookkeeping, it's not completely related to you generating new income, but at the same time, it's something that might be taking you three hours a week and you could be outsourcing it really cheap mm-hmm. and it's something else out of your headspace. So you can think about the important stuff. So I would go with the rating of importance in the income generating uh, part and how time consuming it is. And then you cross those two and then you decide which ones, you know, you can make a list out of priority of all the things you do today and you'd like to delegate and just go through the list. Yeah, that's that's really smart, actually. Yeah, makes sense. What I see that people want to delegate first in their business is uh, content creation, Mm-hmm. Or at least, you know, the art create, you know, creating graphics yeah. and running things, as you said before, like putting your podcast or your video cast, or if you do YouTube videos, um, just putting that content live can be mm-hmm. very time consuming. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. posting it out there and make sure it gets out there on time consistently, exactly. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be the first thing. And then I see also people wanting to repurpose content because mm-hmm. sometimes they don't want to be creating content all the time and you already have a bunch of uh, content created. So you can just hire somebody to go to your YouTube channel, watch your videos and then create pieces of content from older content. So that is also in high demand. <laughs> yeah, I can believe so. Yeah. So that's, you know, some of the things that we outsource, obviously, but um, uh, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, <laughs> um, okay. What are some best practices to make sure that we, you know, we, we want to keep a VA for a long time? I would see that as a benefit, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. So how can we make sure that we keep them long enough and, uh, you know, don't disappear to someone else? Or, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a high demand for VAs, obviously. I see that coming up a lot, but I also see a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, if you're hiring before you have the income to actually be able to hire somebody, Mm-hmm. That's okay. You know, you can start with the most time consuming things, the most important things, pay somebody um, a fair wage and still it's not going to be too heavy on your finances. Right. But the biggest mistake that I see people making is trying to outsource abroad, you know, overseas so they can pay a lot less than they would pay in their country of origin. Yeah. And even if that's something that you're, let's say that's your only option for right now. If you want to outsource, have a plan for that person because $4 an hour 
is not a lot anywhere in the world, even if it is <laughs> more than, you know, a person would make in the world. But um, working online is opening doors for everyone. So everyone could live anywhere they want, travel and have a good life as, you know, if you're coming from a developing country or mm -hmm. a developed country. So think about yourself. Would you pay $4 to yourself and expect that person to less <laughs> expect you to be in a job that is paying you $4 an hour? Um, so that's my first advice. Like, even if you have to start out like that, know that you might get somebody a little bit less experienced. Mm -hmm. And also know that if you want to keep that person a long time, if they end up being like really good and delivering really good things, even if they don't tell you that they will raise the price, have a plan to pay them more, mm -hmm. the better the service that they deliver. Yeah. And, the, you know, if they are allowing you to focus on what you love and you are making more income because of that, keep in mind that they are being important for your business. So they should grow as much as you're growing. <laughs> so true. How are the Brazilian prices in terms of, you know, U.S.? Is it a huge difference or is it are they close, closer together? So starting out. Uh, that's what I tell my students to do when they don't have a big portfolio or they're just transitioning yeah. their careers. Um, I have students that have charged from $5 to $10 an hour to start out, uh, depending on their experience, depending on the services they provide. But I always tell my students, you know, if you are delivering work that is as good as an American VA would do, Mm. Why would you charge any less? Yeah, That is the logic. You know, you can start out with someone overseas because it will be cheaper maybe in the beginning, but they are helping you grow your business. So <laughs> if you're not planning to pay them more, <laughs> you know, we're doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people probably do that. Go overseas to hire someone because, you know, that's cheaper. And, and that's probably the mindset of a lot of entrepreneurs when they're looking for a VA in the, you know, at least in the beginning when you're mm -hmm. kind of starting out the business because money is tight for yeah. startups for sure for sure no yeah i don't i don't blame people i've been there you know i yeah. i've been there yeah <laughs> and we like we decided in our business that we hired somebody for a pay that it was not what we wanted but it's what we could at the mm -hmm. moment but we also told them about all the possibilities of growth they would have with us if they really succeeded yeah and yeah we can't pay you monetarily right now but we you will grow with us you mm -hmm. know you're buying into the future of our company in your in your career so yeah we offer them commission-based uh bonuses um we offer them possibilities to create their own um online course so they could also become uh an entrepreneur and have like a digital course So we want people to grow with us. So we want to offer them possibilities for that too. I love that. Um, setting, you know, some kind of future for them that, you know, things can be better, uh, but we need to start somewhere and can grow together. Love that. Yeah, It's really sure. good. Well, you do have um, this um, five-step action plan uh, to hire a perfect VA. Yes. Let's go through that and see how that looks. Yeah, let's do that. So yeah, I offer this workshop. If anybody that's listening to this, you want to reach out to me, you know, it will be my pleasure to come to your audience or your, your students and teach this hour and a half workshop that I've done to a lot of friends, friends, student groups and coaching groups. And it's always fun because it's very simple. It's like nothing complicated, but when you sit down and do it, it makes all the difference. 
Mm-hmm. So the step one of this five-step plan is basically what I described about defining the test. Mm-hmm. So I already explained, list everything that you do today, see what you need to do, everything else you put, you're, you're going to make a list out of priority. And that priority can be based on how important it is, how time consuming it is, but you can also create your own um, standards of you know ratings to decide how important an activity is for you. And also your goals, your strategy, mm-hmm. because when we're starting out, we think like, oh, we have have to be in all the social medias and <laughs> do all the things. And sometimes if you focus on building presence in one platform really well, that can help you even if you're not in all the platforms at first. So maybe outsourcing that one main piece of content that you produce consistently mm-hmm. so you can create your credibility and, and you know, build your, your audience. I would say focus on those before, you know, instead of being everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then after you have those tests in front of you, you have it in an Excel sheet or just good old, you know, paper, pen and paper. Pen and paper, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can go to step two, which is picturing the person that would be perfect to take those tests out of your hands. Mm-hmm. So before you picture the actual person, I always ask people to write down your values and your boundaries as a person mm-hmm. and as a company. I don't know if you have done this before, Ken, but... Well, values for sure, but not boundaries necessarily. The boundaries are so important because that's what's going to guide you um, before hiring and also after hiring and keeping that person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to be clear with your boundaries, like how available you want that person to be. You know, if the person needs to have some things that are non-negotiables mm-hmm. or be in a certain way, you know. For example, I'm going to give just a... Very general example, but a Christian person that has a Christian business, Mm -hmm. they might want to work with somebody that, you know, shares their religion values and want to be, you know, on the same line so they understand each other. And if that's important for you, if that's really important, yeah, I should, that's definitely important for you to look in a person. So when you write down those values and your boundaries, then you go to step three, which is connecting to people. Okay. (laughs) And the, the clearer you have step one and step two, the easier will be for you to create a job posting mm-hmm. and finding qualified candidates because it all starts in your job posting. The description you have for your services and what you need and the person that you need will determine who will apply and how you're going to select people. So mm-hmm. if you're not using a hiring consultant like I am, you're you're choosing, you know, you're going through this process all by yourself. There are a few ways that you can make sure that you get the people, you know, pre-select the candidates. Yeah. So, yeah. for example, if, if being detail-oriented is something that is important for you, important for most of us, <laughs> I I usually, when I make a form, a hiring form, I will put a little task that people have to do that's not obvious. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of the of the job posting, I'll say like, please email me a picture of a frog to this email. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. But like my last form, I even did that for my coaching program to select students because uh-huh. uh, I wanted to see if students were actually paying attention. I wrote uh, towards the end, just to see if they're reading it, the, the, you know, the posting thoroughly, please write the word ghost on the last question of this form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I could see people that actually read it through and follow the instructions and people that either forgot or just didn't notice it. So you can select for detail oriented. You can select for punctuality, for feedback, for communication, 
you know, you just ask specific questions that will help you determine if that person is a is a good fit. So the better you prepare that, because I see a lot of entrepreneurs just going to groups and saying, hey, I need a VA. Yeah. Does anybody, can anybody help me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're going to receive so many different, you know, requests and people coming to you. And it's going to be really hard to sort. Yeah, there's no screening process with that. Nope, (laughs) no screening (laughs) process. And um, so just creating a very simple Google form with a description, making the description very thorough, and also asking really good questions. They don't have to be complicated, just Um, you know, they have to tell you if that person has the same values and if they can do the services that you you need them to do. Mm -hmm. Then perfect. After you have that, you're going to be able to pre-select or actually eliminate (laughs) a lot of candidates (laughs) depending on uh, the form you do. And then you can, you know, narrow down to your best options. And, you know, you can also ask people for a portfolio and a video pitch. So before you even talk to them, you can see a video. So if mm. you if you ask for like a two-minute video pitch, uh, you don't have to, you know, watch too many videos because they're, they're going to be short. And you can have a feel for the person before you even meet them. That's clever. Yeah. Just, you know, a few things that if you know beforehand, makes your life so much easier. Mm. Finally, when you... Find, let's say, I would say narrow down to three candidates at a time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, go through the candidates, find your three top ones. And if those three, none of them work, then you go through the list again and pick three more. Okay. Uh, Because if you try to interview too many people, that's also overwhelming. Yeah. So I would advise, strongly advise to go like every three. That's why I also do three candidates at a time. Mm-hmm. Then perfect. After that, you'll select someone. And yeah, we, we could record a whole podcast episode about <laughs> <laughs> selecting a person and asking them questions and knowing uh, what to look for. After you have that person, I would say you go to step four, which is onboarding and the adaptation phase. And that is such a crucial time because a person can be a very good candidate, a very good VA, but if you don't onboard them in in the right way, Mm -hmm. you know, things can fail later on because of that very, you know, the, the first steps. So I would say spend some time getting to know that person, actually chatting with them, you know, for them to get get to know you too. I also would say spend a lot of time creating processes or asking that person to create the processes for you if you don't have Mm -hmm. any, because that's the biggest pitfall I see entrepreneurs do. It's expecting VAs to just come ready and already know exactly how you want things to be done. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here's the stuff you need to do. All right, go do it. (laughs) Yeah. And then when they come back, like with something completely different, you're like, no, but this is not what I wanted. And that causes a lot of stress and and tension. And, you know, you can make your life so much easier if you just create a checklist on Trello. You know, Mm -hmm. processes don't need to be very hard. It can be a checklist with step-by-step instructions. And even if it's something very simple, it will enable you to also hire people in the future. Let's say if that person doesn't work out or Mm -hmm. if that person really works out and they, you know, go to a, um, they gain more responsibility and let's say they hire somebody to do the job they, they were previously doing, they will already have everything set up to just, you know, do 
an easier onboarding even. So I would say processes, you know, spend your energy the first two weeks, three weeks, maybe the first month, if you have no processes to create Mm -hmm. all of the processes and review them with the VA, make sure that everything looks good. And that will save you so much time in the future. Right. Yeah. A little work beforehand, but a lot of time saved in the future. Yeah. yeah. And you know, if you're hiring a VA, they can do that for you. You don't have to <laughs> do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. As long as you see that, you know, the end product is what you're looking for, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, be, be involved in the process, see what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. you can also brainstorm. It's great when two people are creating the processes because when you're creating it, yourself uh, from things that you really know how to do and you do really easily. Sometimes you forget steps. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you skip things. So having two people looking at it is very good. Yeah, it might be an, actually the other person has a better process than you do actually. For, you exactly. Know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you can get a VA that already has experience creating processes or somebody new, but you can get them to research very good ways to create processes and mm. tools and they can bring that to you so you guys can decide and you know they can do that legwork for you as well mm-hmm. and then you know be very observant like just take a look at how is this person you know do you guys really connect uh can they really follow instructions um are they open to feedback are they open to communication because if they are feeling all the feelings and not coming to you to to talk about or you know giving you an attitude all these things that we look for when we're working with someone yeah just be very open and i always tell people that are working with me um they're brand new I, I tell them, like, just come and ask me questions or, you know, tell me how you're feeling because I don't want things to build up and I don't want you to feel so pressured that you want to hide things from me because you'll feel like <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to think you're incompetent or something like that. And in the end of the day, sometimes it's just like most things is just lack of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you just think that I'm thinking something, but I'm not actually thinking that. <laughs> yeah. Being a, a good communicator is very important. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, it sounds a little bit like, you know, having somebody as well, having an employee, even though I don't want to you know call them an employee, but the relationship is kind of the same way. Cause if you have an employee who doesn't communicate with you, doesn't tell you what's going on, suddenly they're not showing up for work, you know, obviously something's wrong and you need to have that conversation or that communication, like you said. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And I tell my VAs the same thing, you know, just be, be honest in a good, I'm not going to say keep your emotions in check, but you can show your emotions, but just you know, be very direct about it. Like I didn't feel good when we did this or I understood this wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's always a better thing if you let them know, if you let entrepreneurs know what you're feeling and how to fix it and you can work together and make things better. Yeah. And then after you've seen them for like a month or two and can, as we were talking about people that cannot afford a lot of, you know, they can't pay too much in the beginning because they are not making a lot in their businesses, but they need some help. I would say have a plan for that person, like I said before, because that's step five. Step five is growing together. You can't expect a person you're paying four or $5 an hour to want to stay with you. What's going to happen is they're going to get better uh, and they're going to find clients that pay more. (laughs) (laughs) Simple as that. Simple as that. (laughs) <laughs> as anybody, right? Yeah. Like as entrepreneurs, we also want to raise our, our prices and work with clients that really value our, our, 
or work. So it shouldn't be any differently if you're hiring someone. And yeah, so step five is you found your match. So take care of them. <laughs> Make sure you create an environment that they feel appreciated, that they feel safe to say things, that feedback is just open and, you know, have a growth plan for them. And you can even build that with them. Mm -hmm. Just have a conversation after the first month, let's say, let's test it out and see how we work together. If it goes well for the first month, okay, now let's discuss how I can grow, how can you grow with me and how things can get better for the both of us with time. And that is the recipe of success, you know, just talking to people and listening to what they want and mm -hmm. where are they also trying to get and being open to that and trying to help them. I love all this. Yeah, it's a lot different than what I've heard anybody else talk about when it comes to VAs, but it sounds to me like you are really focused on, you know, building that relationship with your VA and nurturing it. And yeah, like you said, growing together, building a plan. Yeah, it's really different than what I've heard everybody else talk about. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, it goes back to my mission because I originally I, I had um, my first digital course was a English teaching program for Brazilians okay. because I was an English teacher for the longest time and I wanted to make the process better. And that's what I started my online program. And when I saw, I was looking at all my friends, entrepreneurs in the US and, you know, going through BBD, the first thing that James teaches us is outsource. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's one of the first steps. And I saw that really de high demand for VAs. And I saw all of these people in Brazil needing to speak English and trying to better their lives. And I saw, I see myself as the matchmaker and the bridge between those two. And my whole point is I had, I had so many opportunities in my life. If I can help people from my country have the same opportunities or even better ones, I will do everything I can to make that happen. And in the way, help amazing entrepreneurs from everywhere also build amazing, amazing businesses. So yeah, it goes hand in hand. That's a beautiful mission. That's awesome. <laughs> um, just something that caught my eye or uh, when you spoke about that. Um, how are the Brazilians and their English? Because I know I would, you know, um, people hiring from U.S., Canada, maybe Europe. Um, obviously, recording in English, they're writing in English, all that stuff. So that's obviously something that's important. So how are Brazilians on that? So it's getting better because <laughs> <laughs> Brazil is a huge country. Yeah. And Just like the U.S., a lot of people in the U.S. only speak English. A lot of Brazilians only speak Portuguese. Right, and right. even if we grow up learning the language in school and, you know, studying it on the side, a lot of people don't get to a level of confidence that they feel that they could work in the language. Mm -hmm. But that's where my English program, it still exists. We still have the program. <laughs> there's a demand for that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a high, high, high demand. And people are getting better at learning English. There are more programs out there. They're helping people get to the fluency. That's not so complicated. You don't have to have a perfect level of English to be able to work with people and deliver really good work, you know? Yeah. And I feel like in the U.S., people are used to working with people that have all sorts of levels of English. And that's what I've been trying to show my people like Brazil. Like a lot of a lot of people already speak really good English, but they don't are, they, they don't have the confidence that they can mm -hmm. do it. So a lot of a big part of my English program is to help them create that confidence and realize that they can start out with simple things, you know, offering services, even if their English is not perfect, 
and just go from there. Because the, then the more you work with Americans and international entrepreneurs, the better your English will be. So yep. it's a win-win. <laughs> totally. And I mean, you got stuff like Grammarly and that's yeah. lifesaver. I use that a lot of times <laughs> myself. It's like, we oh, all do. is that how it works? Oh, and then you remember it till next time, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works. Yeah, I know. How many of us have like not Googled like how to say mm-hmm. something or a preposition or some grammar rule, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, There's always one nice. word that you keep messing up and it's like, how was that word spelled again? And you need to look <laughs> it up every single time. <laughs> Definitely. That's what I tell my students. Like, as long as you can understand your client and communicate with them, you're good to go. Unless you mm-hmm. want to be a copywriter, then you do have to study a lot. <laughs> Obviously, yeah that's um that's it's important to you know be confident in that department obviously if you do copywriting yeah yeah for sure you have a lot of um vas who do copywriting i currently have one uh Mm -hmm. one of my former students that she is an amazing copywriter and translator as well so she's been doing this work for 20 years so she's starting her copywriting side of the business now but i can see that she she will be really really good so if anybody yeah. needs a copywriter, <laughs> I have a referral. <laughs> Just reach out. Yeah. <laughs> reach out. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, though, is there anything that we left out that would be a good tip for people looking to hire a VA? Well, so if I may. <laughs> you may. <laughs> I, I do offer a VA showcase monthly okay. where I bring five or more of my former students or current students to do a pitch and show their portfolios to entrepreneurs they're looking to hire. So I do that event monthly now. We just started like our first edition last month. Mm -hmm. The next one will be May 26th. I don't know when people are hearing this episode, but just reach out, find, connect with me on Facebook and probably we'll have, you know, one once a month for the rest of the year where we make like a small group of, uh, of business owners and five to six VAs and they can get to know each other in a more personal level and you get to see people before Mm -hmm. you even have a discovery call with them, a briefing call. So if you are looking, actively looking to hire, just reach out to me. I also offer the consulting and that also speeds up the process, but I will leave one last piece of advice when you're hiring people. I would say, go through the steps, you know, take just a little bit of time to organize and have a strategy to hire because that will save you a lot of time in the mm. long run. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people reach out to you? Except for, you said Facebook, obviously, uh, any place else they can reach out to you? Yeah. So uh, my website is speakeasyanolive.com. I will send you, will probably be linked yeah, we'll somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> link it up in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Awesome. And if you do slash services, you can... Uh, get in touch with us for the consulting, the VA training, and also all the freelance work we do for, you know, Kajabi and launch um, construction. Mm-hmm. And also Facebook is the best way to reach out to me. So my name there is Ana Oliveira. Um, and I am in the Kajabi group if you're there. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we can keep the conversation going on Facebook. Awesome. Well, appreciate you taking out time to you know, talk this over with us. Um, hopefully some people start hiring some VAs from Brazil as well. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Definitely. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much, Ken. This is a great talk. You're welcome. And thank you everybody for listening in and we'll catch up again next week. Take care. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.